Like right here on Blog Talk Radio in the road less traveled internet ministry, I leaned over and and snagged my earpiece on. I couldn't. I, I, I seen that. I couldn't get back to the microphone. You can catch it on a dial and turn something up you don't want up. I know it. Hey, I'm Derek. This is Don. Jimbo's in the producer's booth. You are listening to Becoming Christlike, right here on Blog Talk Radio. It's Friday, April 10th, and you know what? It what? was. A little chilly yesterday yeah. in the hunt. Also, yeah. prayers go out. Uh, last night, I got a text on my phone. I always get breaking news. And Jimbo was mentioning it this morning as he is in Indiana about the uh, tornadoes. Ooh, I, I saw tornadoes in, what was it, Jimbo, Illinois, Ohio. Uh, there was some place oh, wow. else. Went through the Midwest there. Wow. Some tornadoes flipping around. Uh, I hate that season more than anything. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's exactly. Hey, if you want to find out more about us, you can go to www.bemorechristlike.com. Bemorechristlike.com has everything there. Uh check it out. It has you can click on the on the on the show, listen to it. You can also go back listen to archive shows. It's a fantastic uh site. You can also check us out on our Facebook at becoming christlike. Um, stuff put on there by Dawn all the time, and the show is on there too. If Absolutely. you, I mean, pin to the yeah, top. Pin to the top. Also, you can go to the ever-present, always popular Twitter. Yeah. And the handle uh, for that is Christ Like Today. Some twenty thousand yahoos get together, <laughs> and you guys take. It's kind of quiet right now. Last week it was buzzing. This week it's a little quieter. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. My Saudis have all followed me that are going to follow me, and they're they're slowing down now. <laughs> you had a, a rash of, of Saudis following yeah, me, didn't you? Yeah, it's kind of neat. Called me up one day and said, what the heck is going on? Some 730 <laughs> yeah. followers. That, uh, yeah, like, I will let you know I can translate it in Chrome. I can't on mine, but I can right. translate it in Chrome. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we just translate it and see what they have to say. Is it good when you translate it? Or? Yeah, it's broken kind of English, so it's sometimes hard for me to get the gist of things. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. I, I, I can imagine that it is, because <laughs> it probably is broken, because it's, uh, you know. Yeah, it's not knows? a fluent sentence, and, uh, you know. Right, right. We don't, nobody knows what uh, translator they actually right. use, but you get an idea. Yeah, and it was kind of cool to sit and read them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we had Easter. How did your Easter go? Oh, great. I had all the grandkids, lots of um, We do weird things with our Easter eggs when we're done with them, and that's really the highlight of it. What do you do? Um, We play catch and smash them all over each other until they're yolks, and we shoot them with 22. Do you boil them first? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, (laughs) We play t-ball with them. Really? We're, we're a weird family when it comes to the leftover eggs. Nobody wants to eat them after they've been outside and out all day and out all night. And so we, we play games with them. That is weird. Yeah. I'm that sorry. is a little weird. <laughs> Wyatt's first one, a shooting boy, he just shot up about 15 of them and did very well hitting them. No kidding. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to find out. I'm trying to figure out if that's if that's blasphemous or what. <laughs> The the Easter I it, it, it might have I don't know Easter, I don't know after if, all that work <laughs> it was a, a harbinger we left early to to go to our early morning service and uh, went around the corner there on Easter Sunday the Easter bunny and everything there's a dead rabbit in the middle of the road and I'm oh, thinking no. I wonder if that's don't a, let no little kids see that a harbinger. <laughs> 
holy moly. We didn't get it. Every year, Christine would get Jacob a Easter basket. Uh-huh. And uh, <laughs> we were, where were we? We were somewhere, and she said, should we get Jacob an Easter basket this year? I said, he's 18 years old for crying out loud. He doesn't need an Easter basket. So the next day, that morning, Christine went to him and said, would you be upset? (laughs) Yeah, I'd be upset. Give me that (laughs) stuff. So I told him that uh, there was an Easter basket. It just didn't get to get delivered because the Easter bunny got smushed in the road. So. We went around the corner. And I said, "See, Jacob, there's your that, there's that's your the bunny. reason. There's yeah. the reason right there." Well, I was laughing. My daughter went downstairs and found their old Easter baskets for her kids. I had a great big one in the end. I put everything uh-huh. in and just the eggs. And she went downstairs and found all that to use it. Had a nice early morning uh, oh, worship service with the family. That was good. Thank family. you for the invite. I thoroughly well, enjoyed. Always, that was good. Yeah. That, I thought it was good. Uh, Pat was there. Pat is in the. In the chat room. And, Good morning, and, Pat. Uh, Maddie and Jolene were there. That was all. It was all fun. It was great. And it was uh, right around the time sun was coming up, and it started out to be a little chilly, and then it got it got a little better. Everybody had. And then the wind came up a little bit, and it was cooler again. Yeah. yeah. And everybody had blankets, and so that was. Yep. Actually, that, outside, that, that just changes the whole atmosphere. It does, doesn't it? It's really great. It was fantastic. It really was. Um, again, you're listening to Becoming Christlike right here. On Blog Talk Radio every Friday morning, 8 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. Mountain, excuse me, I got to correct that because Pat's listening. I always get that wrong. Mountain Daylight Time. Mountain Daylight Time. <laughs> See, I did it for you there, that. Pat. I got, I got it right for you. It's Mountain Daylight Time now. Oh, I always, I always forget that. I so, don't think I would change it. <laughs> anyway, it's eight o'clock here in La Junta. Whatever time that is for you, wherever you're at. So be it. Do the math. That's it. Do the math. Oh, Pat's typing. So she she's either going to thank me or she's going to call me a name, one of the <laughs> two. I'm not quite sure what it is. Oh, there we go. Good job. Uh, oh, hey. And she also says that today is Sibling Appreciation Day. Oh, really? Yeah. What if you don't appreciate your sibling very much? <laughs> I don't know. So big shout out to my sister and my brother. I appreciate you. So send money. I don't know what else to say. Send money. That's all I really wanted for it. So again, uh, we have been going over a book, Lord, change my attitude before it's too late. And before we get into that, let's go ahead and open our time up with with prayer. Gracious Father, it is good to once again come uh, and study uh, together around this table. Uh, to be heard over these airwaves, um, to lift you up, to glorify you. So we pray for all who are listening. We pray that uh, the words of our mouths, the meditation of our hearts uh, would be pleasing unto you, that you might be glorified in all that we say and do. Lord, help change our attitude before it's too late. So we give this time to you in the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay. So that's what we've been doing, and unbelievably, we uh, after we finish today, uh-huh. we will only have two more chapters. We will have something that's bad and something that we need to replace it with, <laughs> yeah. and then maybe do a closing with his epilogue. But we have worked our way through this book, and I can't even remember how long it has been. We started with the beginning of Lent. So we were close. Mm-hmm. Well, we knew it was going to go. We knew that it was going to. Oh, yeah, we. But knew. you know, I have to admit, I think I'm getting tired of looking at myself and going, "Oh my, oh my!" And it's, so we better be doing something uplifting. It's next. tough, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, because it's so yeah. many weeks of it, and you're going, "Oh man, oh man." We should next next study should just be even deeper. Just dig, dig, dig <laughs> just find the <laughs> just find Derek. the really just find the really bad things about. It, I think so. I found enough. <laughs> Can I just recoup a little? <laughs> this has been a very revealing book, and again, it's called "Lord Change My Attitude Before It's Too Late." It's written by James McDonald. It's an older book, two thousand one, something like that. I can't. <laughs> was it two thousand one? Anyway, it's old. It's, it's an older old. book. Uh, found on my shelf, and I <laughs> and started reading it. it. Well, I picked it up and and looked at the looked at the title and thought, you know, shopped 
hunted books on your shelves like you normally do, mm-hmm. look at the title, and thought to myself, yeah. I need that uh, right yeah, now. I probably That's probably the one that I need right now. Started reading it, shared it with you, and said, hey, this should, this should make a very interesting study. Yes. And I believe that it has, although it ha- it does have a tendency to rip your very soul from you, in in the fact of, yes. in the fact of, it does take incredible self inspection, mm-hmm. self truth, mm-hmm. uh, self awareness. It's about self. It is very much, and it's it's very very much a book that makes it very easy to find these faults or let's not say faults, but these attitudes that we should replace in other people. It's very easy to find those. Yeah. I can um, see it. My husband really well. Absolutely. <clears throat> absolutely. That my husband wasn't who I wanted to look at. So. And so this is a book that is very easy to be able to say, oh, by the way, so-and-so you need this book. Mm-hmm. But in reality, it is the idea that uh, much di- much more difficult if we take the, the book to heart yeah. ourselves. want to encourage everybody who's around here in southeastern Colorado, uh, if you're looking for a place to go to church uh, this Sunday, April 12th, oh, yeah. I will be preaching at uh, First Presbyterian Church in La Junta. Services start at 930 uh, we'll be we'll be discussing Luke nine twenty three. Pick up your cross daily, yeah. and follow me. That fits real well with this. You shouldn't have had a hard time finding. You know what the way. That, here's the way that I'm going with this thing. The actual uh, uh, title of the sermon is "What Now," and it's going to discuss. We just went through this incredible uh, experience of Easter, and we always do every year. We we experience in our time of Advent into Christmas. And then we always, because we learn incredible things, uh, I'm going to mention the book that we're, that we're studying and, and how you finish these studies, and you read and you learn so much and you're moved, and, and then what? Hopefully you apply what you did. And then what now? And we have a tendency to say, great mountaintop experience back into the valley. Mm-hmm. And that's not what uh, Jesus says in Luke 9.23, is that idea of, and and one of the things, and I'll just give it away for you just a little bit, because it it, it bodes well to think about it before you come. If if you read Luke nine twenty three, Jesus says, "Pick up your cross," and immediately we begin to think of, oh, uh, you know, bear your burdens, and that's not what it means at all, because burdens, the cross, at that time when Jesus was speaking to the individuals that he was speaking to didn't indicate burdens at all. It meant one thing. It meant death. That's what it meant. And so when he says, pick up your cross and follow me daily, what he's saying is, you need to die to self daily for me. Daily. And Luke is the only one that says that. Matthew's uh, scripture doesn't say it. it just says pick up. Luke says, pick up your cross daily yeah. and follow me. And so we're going to be talking about dying to self and what that means. It's hard. That's it's what it means. Un- in- it's you. incredibly difficult. Um, uh, um, and, and so that's what we're going to be talking about. What now? What comes after this? In this book, Lord, Change My Attitude Before It's Too Late by James McDonald. We had just finished last week. Uh, getting rid of a bad attitude. And that's the way that he runs this book. For those of you who might be listening for the very first time, James McDonald talks about uh, the Israelites as they, are, uh, as they are wandering in the wilderness and, and kind of relates to us the, some of the bad attitudes that they had and some of the, the good attitudes that can be replaced. He always gives us an attitude that we need to get rid of and an attitude that we need to replace it with. And last week, it was an attitude... Of doubt. Yeah. Of doubt. And I think probably no other attitude as you relate it to the Israelites going through the wilderness would apply more or would be more easily recognized in in those Israelites than doubt. Mm-hmm. Hey, Moses, where's the food? Oh, okay, there's the food. Okay, where's the water? Yuck, I don't like where's it. The I thing? Yeah. Where's the promised land? Is this going to happen? We're going to die. 
We're not going to die. Let's go back. Let's go back. I don't trust you. Yeah, exactly. Was this attitude of doubt. And James McDonald says, you got to get rid of that. You got to get rid of this doubt uh, that God provides. You got to get rid of this doubt that God will uh, make good on his promises. You got to get rid of this doubt. And you and and so today we're going to replace it. Yes. And every time we have a study, every week I say the same thing because every week it applies. Uh, it's a loaded chapter. It's a loaded chapter. Every one of these chapters are loaded, and I think they are loaded for the, for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, because every one of these attitudes um, can be looked at. In, in one or two or three or many different ways and can be interpreted mm-hmm. in many different ways. Because when I say, okay, replace it with an attitude of faith. Go up to 10 people on the street and say, what is faith? And you'll probably get a variation right. of 10 different definitions. So the question is, what is faith? And that's, that's kind of where he starts. He always starts with this sentence, only when faith replaces doubt in the life of a believer can the joy of knowing God become a reality. I actually think this is one of the most critical chapters that need to be learned because I think this is the foundation mm-hmm. of our faith and all the other is a part of it, but this is the foundation it's built on. Right. And I love how he starts out this chapter, wow, you're still reading. Excellent. That's what he we said. We did good, didn't we, staying this long? You must be really serious about changing your attitude. Well, I'm not sure that that one is true for everybody, but, you know, bully for that. That's good because you're you're still here. And he goes on to really start off, uh, which is very important, in saying, what is faith? And I think, obviously, that has to be uh, d- defined and talked about. If you're going to talk about replacing, okay, I need an attitude of faith. And here's where here's where the loaded part comes in, because I think it's very easy for Christians to read that and say, obviously, I have an attitude of faith or I wouldn't be a Christian. And stick with that definition and blow this chapter off. Mm-hmm. You know, because just like you said, most people will think and believe and rightfully so that faith is that foundation. And if I have if I am a Christian, but I must have But they're thinking it's just the belief of that Jesus Christ died. That's, that's right. That's all they think it is. That's right. That's that's exactly and that's that's where uh that's where the loaded part of faith it comes. Faith versus belief right. basically. And that's what he talks about. He says faith these are some of the faulty notions of faith according to James McDonald's. Faith is not an ostrich head in the sand denying the obvious or the inevitable. It's not pretending that something is real when deep down you really don't believe it. That's fear, not faith. I like that. And I think that that is, that is vital, just vital, that many Christians are walking around with an attitude of fear and believing that it is faith. Mm-hmm. And even using scripture to support, to support that. Uh, faith is not an is not anti-intellectual either. Faith is not a warm feeling that requires you to check your intellect at the door. <laughs> and this is this is something that happens. And and Pat, who is listening, uh, Patty Sheen, uh, who has a show on Tuesday mornings at eight a.m. Mountain Daylight Time <laughs> here on Blog Talk Radio in the Road Less Traveled. We talk quite a bit. There's authors on there. It's about communication. It's about imagination. And she, and and I had mentioned to her one time about the the tediousness, if that's a word, of editors. Mm-hmm. And it's not very often that you come across in a book that comes from you know that's you know a real book. <laughs> okay. Where you find a typo, and here's Did one. Did you find a typo? Well, sure. Oh, where? because it says in this book, it says faith is not a warm feeling that requires you to check you intellect <gasps> at the door. Your intellect. It uh-huh. should say your intellect. That has nothing to do with anything. See, I would never catch it. I don't. 
catch typo. I'm not calling out James McDonald. I'm not calling out the publisher. I'm just saying it's very interesting that you find that. Maybe anyway. They're into the age of text messaging and the short and the. <laughs> well, the 2001, you wouldn't know. So. Well, I'm just saying now it fits right in. <laughs> I mean, this is Moody Press. Oh, well. You know, Moody Press. There's my uh, accomplishment of the day. Okay. I found a typo from a Moody Press editor. <sighs> Anyhow, he says that's feeling, not faith. So these are the two things that we're that that he's kind of saying we are confusing faith with fear mm-hmm. and feelings. Mm-hmm. Fears and feelings aren't faith. He says faith is not a stained glass and dreamy sort of little house on the prairie escapism. Or escapism, I guess that's what he was saying. I guess escapism is how he's using it in there. It's not escapism. I cannot stay in church again, hiding from reality, ignoring the world around me. And he says, that's not faith, that's fluff. In fact, we're ordered to go out into that world. So he's he's running the F word crazy (laughs) here. I love it. It's not fear, it's not feeling, it's not fluff. Okay. He says, faith is not some motivational seminar with some high-powered guru calling for breathing exercises or self-relaxation or self-confidence telling you to picture a better future. That's not faith. That's a fad. I didn't even notice the F. Yes. <laughs> so faith is not fear. It's not feelings. It's not fluff. It's not a fad. And he says, it's not some stupid positive mental attitude, a you-have-to-keep-believing thing. It's not ignoring the pain and embracing optimism, regardless of the evidence in front of you. That's not faith. That's foolishness. And so he not only tells us, he tells us what faith isn't. Mm -hmm. Faith isn't fear. It's not a feeling. It's not fluff. It's not a fad. And it's not foolishness. And then he says, now hear this. Faith is rooted in a God who is real. Faith, it finds itself founded on a person, the creator God of the universe, the one who created the universe, is with you this moment. He loves you. Faith is, and this is the, this is the word that we talk about all the time here on Becoming Christlike, because it is vital, necessary, unavoidable. If you are going to live a life in an endeavor of being becoming Christ-like, faith is active. It's not passive. It's real. It's not something you have. It's something you do. It has to be. Faith is active, and that's what James McDonald says. Um, and, and I think that's what a lot of people like to do, especially in their Christianity. They like to say it's a noun, it's a noun. It's something that I have. I possess it. Mm-hmm. And in reality, faith is a verb. Right. Actually. Now, I know grammatically it can be used anyway, but in application of Christianity, faith is a verb. It's what I, it's what I do. It's what I say. It's how I live. It's, it's active. It's not passive. And that's what he says. And he goes on and he gives us a prescription of faith. What does faith mean exactly? And he uses Hebrews 11.1. 1. And I think that's a great verse. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, again, he loads it because that is a mystery verse. We all know it. We've all heard it. We've all said it. None of us know what it means. That's true. I think we just use it as an excuse kind of sometimes. It sounds awesome. Right. There is a mystery intonation in it, isn't there? Yes. There's just, ooh, that's neat. But defining it's another thing. What does it mean? You know, what does it mean? Um, He says, I love those two words, substance and evidence. First of all, faith is substance. Most people don't look at it that way. They look at faith as very ethereal, and I believe that. Um, that is that woo out there, that mystery. It's somewhere up in the Yeah, it's, it's something, you know, just beyond my grasp. It's one of those things that God has provided, and we can sit and we can talk about it theologically, and we can discuss it and, and what it really means, and we can even identify who has it and who doesn't have it, and we're good at that. But there's this idea that says we can't really understand it. 
And yet when he says, uses this word that it is a substance, uh, he says it's not ethereal. Faith has substance. We practice such faith often in the physical world. Pick up the phone and call a department store to place an order, and they'll ask you for your credit card number. Then they'll probably mail you a receipt. You don't have the product. You only have a receipt. But with it in hand, you wait confidently for the product you ordered to come. That receipt in hand, that's the substance that you hold on to while you wait for the thing that you've ordered. That's a, that is a great, that's great. It's a great example, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And so he uses these two words, substance and evidence. And people have a tendency to look at Hebrews 11.1 1 and somewhat doubt it and somewhat like to, because they say, you know what, we don't have it. We can't, we can't get that evidence. You know, show me that evidence of faith. Show me that. You can't do it. It's, it's a I mystery. I know that I know that I know. Right. And people will say, oh, I just, I don't have it. I, I just, I just don't have that. I don't. Ha-. And, and, and what he's saying is, is, you know, faith is evidence. The reason that I know the product that I ordered is going to come to my front door is because I've done it before. I did it. I, I ordered it and it came and it showed up and I have no reason to believe that it won't again. That's evidence. Yeah, you got to apply that in your Christian rock. That that that's exactly right. That that whole idea of where in my life have I seen that evidence of my faith? And that's what I lean on. That's what I rest on. Just and that's that's why he's using because somehow uh when when you look at the two chapters, doubt and faith uh, we always like to say they they're an antithesis. You know, they they are opposites of each other, and that's how he's really taking this faith and saying this is the opposite of doubt, because I know that it happened before. I have evidence. That's I don't true. have to doubt that the product is coming because it did before, and I have no reason to believe that it won't again. I know that God fulfills his promises. He has before. There's no reason for me to believe that he won't again. But see, I think where the difference comes in is is when you're like a first Christian like what I was, I had the head knowledge of what the Bible showed me how he delivered, but I didn't have the actual deliverance in my soul from what he did for me. Right. And so that's why I think it's really important. Once you hit these delivery markers in your life, that you keep a journal on them or you remember them. Otherwise, you have nothing to go back to in your memory banks to pull out and say, he delivered me from the problem with my child. He delivered me from the cancer cells within Mm -hmm. my body. And if you don't have that, then you don't have nothing to go back to. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's a brick in your foundation that that mm-hmm. says that uh, you know um uh, i can trust him mm-hmm. i can i can believe now where we get where we get uh, a little bit in trouble is i was in this horrible mess and god delivered it, me from it so if i get in this horrible mess again god going to deliver me again that that's not the point we miss the point of the faithfulness of god mm-hmm. that god can be trusted he can be counted on uh he can be believed well, we take it to the why me or the right. why thing or the answer isn't the answer I wanted. We're going to take a break here in a few minutes. I'm going to, I'm going to run off the tracks just a tad bit. I'm going to go sideways. Oh, and maybe okay. not. Maybe okay. not because he talks about this because what he, he begins to do is, is talking about what faith is uh, and, and how it applies in your life and, and, and how we define it. Um, but, but the question that I want to discuss a little bit because I think it's, it's worth discussing is this idea of uh, who is faith for and what's the purpose of it? Mm-hmm. Um, is it for me? Is it for God? Is it for somebody else? Uh, how, do we, how do we live with it? How do we show it? During this break, we're going to play a song. Uh, those of you who have listened to Becoming Christlike before know that Uncle Gene, um, and it's, uh, is it John or Jack Buckley? Dad, uh, I can't remember. It's John Buckley. Uh, we've played their songs before mm-hmm. uh we have a new individual that's going to be uh that we're going to be playing this this commercial uh terry grooms a good friend of ours beautiful oh, voice excited is going to be jimbo going to be singing holy ground is that mm-hmm. correct going to be singing holy ground we recorded it right here in the studio a cover of 
Yes, Terry Grooms is is a lady. Thank you, Jimbo. That is a little bit uh, confusing with the name Terry. Uh, Terry recorded it here in the studio, did a cover of uh, Holy Ground. And so we're going to be playing that uh, during our break. So we want you to enjoy that and and come and join us uh, after the break as we continue to to discuss Lord Change My Attitude Before It's Too Late, a book written by James McDonald. We're talking about faith right here on Becoming Christlike, Blog Talk Radio. Stay with us.
Welcome back to Becoming Christ-like on the Road Less Traveled, Blog Talk Radio. So you thought you had to keep this up. Welcome back to Becoming Christ-like right here on Blog Talk Radio. Beautiful song, beautiful song by Terry Grooms, Holy Ground, a cover that she did um, a, a while back. And uh, we wanted to share it here on Becoming Christ-like. She has a beautiful voice, and she went a long time without singing again. She she used to sing all the time, then went a long time, and finally said, you know what, I'm going to do this, and was pre- pre- preparing some songs uh, for the memorial service of her aunt who passed away not too long ago. And so uh, prayers go out to Terry and her family and the death of her aunt Gracie, um, uh, as well as uh, the White family that uh, yes, Francis passed away, a, a member of uh, First Press there in Los Animas, dear lady, uh, loved, always loved talking with her, always loved uh, uh, sitting down and talking with her and, and Doc. Yes, uh, and so prayers for Doc, uh, the whole White family, as they grieve the passing of uh, their loved one, Francis. Uh, whose funeral was uh, this week, Wednesday. Wednesday. Uh, so we're talking about this book called Lord Change My Attitude Before It's Too Late. James McDonald uh, wrote it, and we are trying somehow to replace an attitude of doubt with an attitude of faith <clears throat> in conjunction with these definitions and this description of what uh, James McDonald says uh, faith really is. He, he's, he begins to, he, he says this statement of faith. Faith is so integral to the Christian life that over the years we've boiled it down to a very practical definition. This is our definition of faith. Faith is believing the word of God and acting upon it no matter how I feel because God promises a good result. Let's break down that definition so, uh, so we can look at, at some of the pieces. He talks about faith is believing the word of God. I don't want to go into that, but suffice to say, we have this belief that the Bible is trust, trustworthy because God cannot lie. We talked about that last week in our idea of doubt, that we have to get to a place where we believe that God has made a promise and that God will keep that promise no matter what. If right. God says it, he'll do it. Uh, he's not possible. He's not capable of lying. Uh, and then he gets into this thing, and this is probably one of the most discussed areas of all time in in the area in the arena of faith. Is James is is the word the words that we read in James uh, that says faith without works is dead. It has been discussed and debated of what it really means, what it doesn't mean, what how it applies, how it doesn't apply. This idea of faith without works is dead. Uh, James McDonald starts out by saying, genuine faith always downloads into life. There are all kinds of things that we say we believe, but must not really believe them, because they don't show up in the way that we live. This is how I look at those words. Faith without works is dead. I think that we get it backwards. We look at that that scripture, and we believe that f- when we read faith, without works is dead is the idea of saying if unless i work i can't have faith Faith. right that's the way people read that and they say that's not biblical because we read in ephesians we read in all over the place where where jesus said it's not about works by grace are you saved through faith right um and we say how can that possibly uh fit so we look at it and say if i don't work then I can't have faith. And, and I think what James McDonald's is saying and, and what I say all the time is this. Look at your faith. If it doesn't have works, you better question whether it's faith. It, it, it works is the describer, uh, is, is the litmus test of the faith, not the other way around. And see, I look at it as the outpouring of God through me. Absolutely. You know, you can't give away something you don't have. And so if he pours love into me or the will to do something for somebody, it's because of him he poured it through me, and that's why I can do it for other people. And so you may change that that 
statement or that verse just a little bit that really says faith without works, it probably isn't really faith. Right. That's what the scripture Maybe means. Maybe that's what we should do, and then it would take the confusion yeah, out of it for people. That's what it means. Mm-hmm. If if you're going around and you're claiming to have faith and it's not downloading into your life, if if it's not integral in every part of your life, mm, better check it. Doesn't mean it has to be perfect. No. It just means it's there and you do part of it. Or yeah. you understand you do what you understand of faith. Right. That's why we don't add that word in there and say perfectly worked out <laughs> yes. deeds are faith. It it's it's just not. Um, he, he talks about acting upon our faith. Acting upon our faith will impact every area of our, our lives, and it does. Every area. We don't have to list them. Every area covers every area. Yes. From morning till night, till you wake up, till you go to sleep. Word, I mean, thought, it, and deed. Word, thought, and deed. For your faith should impact every part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then he goes on to say, that should happen. No matter how I feel, faith is not a fair weather friend. I have a hard time with with the the feelings, man. (laughs) (laughs) No matter how you feel, faith should impact your life in every area. Uh, Because then, if it's not, if it's okay, you know what? Today's a bad day. Today's a crappy day. So I'm going to put my faith on hold and I'm just going to rip. And I'm going to lay it here and pout and moan and groan. Exactly. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm, now's the day to lay it out on people. I'm just going to rip them and put my faith on hold for a little bit. That's not faith. That's just revenge. I mean, and that's what it is. Uh, he, he goes on to talk about these four questions um, that he's heard from those struggling with faith, which includes all of us. Why would I do what God tells me? Why would I wait on God to bring my husband to Christ? Why why would I give my finances when I have so many debts? Why would I invest my energies in following uh, hard after the Lord when I feel like my life is so empty and meaningless? And And those are all questions. You can fill in your own questions, but those are all questions we ask. Why would I do what God tells me to do? Uh, Why would I do all these things? And then he goes on to say the answer to each one of those questions is the same answer. Because God promises a good result. Again, loaded. Uh, So much easier said than done. And loaded because what God may consider to be a good result may may not not. be what we consider to be a good result. Yes, exactly. And I think that's where we get passive and say, thy will be done. That's right. Whatever. Whatever you're going to do, let the chips fall where they may. Just give me the strength to handle it. Exactly. We go with this defeatist attitude Mm -hmm. that says it's over. You're the puppeteer up there, like we were talking on break, just, you know. Let's yeah. do the action. And I'm, guilt, I'm guilty of it. I'm sure we're all guilty of it. As we become so frustrated, we become so tired, we become so disillusioned with that which we are doing. We give up. We throw our hands in the air and we say, whatever. 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 You've got to have some attitude to that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> One of those words that when my children would say, when anybody says it, I immediately just Go off no, the handle. No, we've got to get the rolling of the eyes. That's right. Then we've got my daughter. <laughs> Ever done that? You know, you know, son. I need you to. This is what you knew. Whatever. And I'm just immediately. My hackles go up, and you know what? It's not whatever. It, it, it's I. It something about that word that defeatist that, and I'm guilty of it. I'm well, guilty so of I. it too. <laughs> We're all guilty of it. And that's the thing. That's why the that's the beauty of this book. That's the beauty of that's, this study. Right. It's are you going to admit us. it? Yeah. Are you going to admit it? Absolutely. And are you it's, honest with yourself and yeah. with others? Yeah. Is and and that's why at this particular time in my life it goes. I am in a defeatist attitude because of of being tired and because of of you know when things when you face those things day after day after day. Why can't oh man just and you, then you throw out Lord. Just give me a break. Where's your good result? Well, and then we're going into hope, which is a major thing that gives us our energy. Yeah. 
we, he talks a little bit about and gives us a glimpse about the, the great Hebrew giants of faith oh, and, yeah. and all of those. And we all know them, Abraham and Sarah and Jacob and Moses and Jericho and Rahab and all those people. And, and the number of people that you can look at down through Scripture as an example of faithful people that says, you know what, this is going to work out for the best for God. Mm-hmm. And I was telling you during the break, I have really changed my my prayer uh, mentality (laughs) and and probably, and if I'm being honest with myself and self-inspections, because of a, 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 a giving up type of thing that I have said, Lord, what do I need to do to make this come out the way that you want it to come out? Mm -hmm. And that's different between Lord, what do you need me to do to make this come out the way that I want it to come out? Right, right. Just, or thy will be done, I give up. It's a totally, right. Because you're playing, um, both of you doing your active part. God's doing his part. That's and right. you're saying, I want to do my part, but I have to understand better. Yeah. And so we read that and, and we pray that every Sunday, you know, your will be done. Mm-hmm. Thy will be done. And it, what we tend to forget is, is that faith plays a part in thy will be done, but it's an active faith because it's not, I'm going to sit back and whatever you want to happen, God, just let it happen to me. With it. Yeah. Instead of this idea of how do I play a part in God's will being done? Mm-hmm. That's Christianity. Yeah. That that's Christianity. How do I play a part? How does it become active? What I noticed for me personally is I've kind of quit praying that too. You know, I woke up in the morning, you pray, you pray at night before you go to bed, and I'd kind of stop doing that. And I think that is when you become the passive person if you're not praying and really working and talking with God every day about it. There's also a mentality of, of saying, you know what, the more I pray, the worse it gets. So I'm just going to stop. <laughs> and and it's all about this active faith. And I said before we went to break, I was going to ask you this question. Who is faith? What is faith for? Um, and he, he kind of addresses this a little bit. He says, faith is not part of the Christian life. It's the whole thing. Yeah. Without that, your Christianity is dead. And you could put that in under James that says the Christian life without an active faith is dead because it can't be a part of it. It has to be all of it. You can't say, oh, look, faith fits in right there. Faith is how we get to God. Yeah. I need something. Just a little bit of faith. That's all I need. Need something's going bad. Oh, this is where I need to pull out my faith. The thing of it is, is God knows how much faith you have. I don't know how much faith I have. Ah, so that brings me to my question. Who yeah, is it for? For me. <laughs> it is for you. Is it for God at all? Well, I think he knows, but I think he knows you where you're at. you think he cares? At. Yeah, I do think he cares. I think he wants all of us, and he loves all of us. Sure, absolutely. Think about the purpose of God's creation. What do you think the purpose of God's creation is? To glorify him. To glorify him. That's right. And that's what we have to realize. It's all about God. <laughs> Everything I think is we about God. That, yeah. Faith is about God. Mm-hmm. Faith is about God. When now, I first come to Christ, though, I used to know this little lady, and she used to say, It's not about me. And I'd look at her and go, It's not about you. But that's where I was. I was too busy uh, finding who I'm supposed to be in God and learning who God's character is. And again, another another uh, uh, loaded platitude or or cliche that we use. It's not about me. It's all about Him. But you didn't add that second line on there for me. Which is which is true. It is, but it is about us. It's about how we live so out our faith with him. Because in reality, the way that we live and are active in our faith is about other people too because it affects them. Mm-hmm. So faith is not just about God, it's not just about us, it's about other people. Faith is about everything. Faith in in probably besides love. Uh in in no other way does one tenant one Part of our Christian faith, one one area of our Christian faith, uh, infiltrate everything. Faith faith is like you talked about. It's horizontal. It's vertical. 
it's sideways, it's down, it's up, it's right, it's left, it's all, it's everything. And I think that's why James McDonald says it's not part of our Christian life. It's all, it's the whole thing. Well, he talks about um, peace, joy, and that how you put that on. Sure. Whereas faith, it, you, that's the foundation of being able to put on those attitudes. Because he says, when I say faith is the whole thing. Christians often reply, well, what about love? Because we pull out the Corinthians that says faith, right. hope, and love. He says, if you study the context of 13.13 in 1 Corinthians, it's talking about the greatest elements in our relationship with people. Love is the greatest thing relationally, the greatest thing as we would seek to impact and influence others. In that sense, as it relates to influencing others, love is greater than faith. But keep in mind that love builds on the foundation of faith. faith. Without without God, we couldn't love like that. That's right. Without faith, there wouldn't. And and this is where we run into all kinds of things in our society today. Uh, this idea of do as thou wilt and, and you're okay, whatever you want to do, is that we are trying to build a... I'm sorry, Jimbo? I missed that. Thank you. Ten minutes. Um, I think what we're doing is we're trying to flip it and we're trying to say we're going to take the love that we feel and somehow build faith upon it. That's society today. That's not putting God... And it doesn't work. You have to have the faith of God, the foundation of God, to have what we consider to be... But see, we then, too, would be doing it on our feelings. I don't feel love for you because you hurt my feelings today, where we're commanded to love you whether you hurt my feelings or not. That's right. So if faith doesn't infiltrate and download, as James McDonald says, in all parts of our life, then neither can love. Then we we can't do it. We can't have hope. We can't have love. We can't have peace. We can't have joy. We can't have any of those fruits of the Spirit without that foundation of faith. It has to infiltrate. It has to download. It has to be the foundation. So why was it put in that area? What Faith, peace, joy. Why was it faith put in that area in Corinthians? Oh, because why was it? Faith, hope, and love? Because just of what James McDonald was saying, he's he's talking about a a relational thing. This is talking about me. That's why so many people use it as as a marriage uh, text. And in in fact, it it, it can be. Anything in Scripture can be used as a marriage text, for crying out loud. Um, But it's talking about relationships. It's talking about that love relationally needs is the greatest because— put in there because because of faith in one another Uh, is that whole idea that that this individual that i'm in a marriage context is saying i have faith that they'll be good to me i have faith in that individual that that god is working in you i have uh, hope that that it is and because of that and because i love you i have those things in relationally love is the foundation right Faith and hope are the things that we build upon that foundation. Vertically to God, it has to be faith. I can't Number love one. God unless I know God. That's right. And and so um, that's the whole idea of I can't obey his word unless I know his word. I can't be in a relationship with him unless I speak with him. And all of that is built upon a foundation of faith. That's why it infiltrates or downloads in every single part of our life. Do you have that faith? He talks a little bit about um, cornering your faith. He says someone has said that we should live our lives in such a way that if God is not who he said he is, we'll fall flat on our face. I would encourage Mm -hmm. you under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, not testing or presuming upon him, to look for opportunities to trust God. Choose to live your life in such a way that God has to has to come through for you. I that's stepping out. Awesome. Yeah. That is the best thing. Live your life in such a way that God has to come through for you. Now that doesn't mean that God is the is the galactic butler that says, you know what? And a lot of people will say that's 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 bad. That's bad advice because Scripture says. Thou shalt not test the Lord thy God. Not testing God. I'm not testing God at all. I'm You're living receiving all that he wants to give you. Exactly. 
it is the it, it is the old hymn of standing on the promises of God mm-hmm. that says, God, this is an awesome opportunity for you to come through. Mm-hmm. And then as and he I'll comes glorify through, glorify you with it. Exactly. That's exactly right. Live your life in such a way that God has to come through for you. Make decisions that will cultivate and build your faith through rough times. He finally finishes this out with a solution, and it's the same questions, and I'm going to ask them to you. Uh, Can you describe the last time you actually and specifically trusted God with something or about something? How would you rate yourself? Focusing on the word, having a witness, walking daily in your faith. And look back at three steps to faith just above. What practical steps could you commit yourself uh, to just now that would grow your faith and all the joy and blessing that comes with it? He always finishes uh, his his chapters with a look up, and I'm going to finish it and and finish our our uh, our time together here with what he says. He says, "Father, thank you for giving me your word." Thank you for ordaining that the way to you is by faith. Forgive me for wishing that everything about you could be seen and known as fact. Forgive me for preferring the ways of this physical world to the spiritual realities that you have chosen to create. Teach me deeper lessons about what it means to walk by faith. Give me spiritual eyes to see this world as you do. Help me to embrace by faith the brevity of life and the nearness of eternity. Give me strength to guide those I love towards faith in you and help me to be a good example of what it means to really trust you. Lord, my needs are great, but you are a great and faithful God. I pray that you would, by your word and through my witness and walk of faith, increase my capacity to rest in and trust you. Might it be said of me before my days are through that I am a man or a woman of faith. Keep this goal ever before me. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So next week we will begin our last bad thing, good thing. We are going to replace a rebellious attitude. Well, let me tell you, I read like one page. I The book laid there open on my desk forever. I couldn't even read it. God convicted you and said, this is you. Mm-hmm. And, and throughout this entire book, again, Lord, change my attitude before it's too late. James McDonald, join us next Friday. 8 a.m. Mountain Daylight Time. We're going to be finishing up uh, over the next few weeks this great and challenging uh, piece of writing that comes from James McDonald as it, as it causes us to look deep into our hearts. So for everybody here at Becoming Christ, like in the road less traveled, for myself and Dawn and Jimbo in the producer's booth, we want to thank you for listening encourage you each and every day to become more and more Christ-like. God bless. God bless.